Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, your number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Trees, and joining me as always is Colleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing... I'm fantastic, actually. Uh, we're recording on the Tuesday that uh, Case Close or Detective Conan Zero the Enforcer comes out, so it's a great day to be a Conan fan. Yeah, shout out to... Uh, shout out to that. <laughs> I have my copy in the mail, but I probably won't be watching it for a little, uh, the next little while, <laughs> at least until I'm caught yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> you have a long, you have a long ways to getting to that point. Yeah, and they've been including like uh, some plot twists in the movies lately. There's usually like one like little plot twist that's like canon in each film now. They've been doing it for the past yeah, couple yeah, years, so you don't want to. I want to go out of order now with the no, movies. No, I am sticking to the rewatch schedule. Smart, smart. Yeah. <laughs> so we're covering our first OVA today, which is an original video animation. This is a behind-the-scenes special. I'm not exactly sure where it was released. It might be a part of the Gosho Oyama's collection of short stories, but I'm not 100%. The Conan Wiki, Detective Conan World does have it grouped with the last couple of releases, so it might be a part of that, but I was not 100% sure. It might be some special feature for it, I'm not sure, but uh actually wound up uh, working out today. Uh, this wasn't planned or anything, but the making... The working out? What working out? What are you saying? Are you <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I don't get your Canadian sense of humor. Killing my vibe, Colleen. I'm sorry. <laughs> it ended up working out today. What's funny about that? <laughs> what don't I get? No, because I sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood because I thought you meant working out like exercising. So it ranked in my ear like, oh, I ended up working out today, and I was just like, oh, is that unique? <laughs> but I totally messed up your your narrative so sorry about that canadians can't live with them can't live without them all right uh so this is the mysterious murder plan the making of conan and this originally aired december 22nd 1999 i also saw a 2001 date so again i'm not exactly sure when it released it's kind of uh, there's also an original air date of March 1st, 2001 on the wiki. There's two different dates put on. God only knows which one's correct. But uh, it doesn't matter. It's not spoiler. It's not spoiling anything. And funny enough, what it teases here, the episode uh, that they share the making of, is actually what we'll be covering next. Fits in perfectly. Yeah, that worked out. But, uh, and... That wasn't planned. That was just a funny <laughs> coincidence. You should have told them it all worked out. It all exercised. (laughs) No one's going to get that. (laughs) So uh, this is a short seven minute special and it opens with a bunch of men at a meeting. One proposes that they should poison an unknown person while another argues for using a knife since the alibi in crime is perfect. We then see the detective boys watching in fear underneath the table and remark that the people look very suspicious. Men say that they'll target Conan, but since he's such a tough guy, they'll have to use a gun. We then see that the detective boys are scared, that Conan is a target, and we see the special's title card. What do you think about this dramatic entrance here? Okay, I was so confused because, um, so Tyler sends me a note about this episode, and I went into it expecting something different and when it started out like there's some guys at a meeting and like the animation's all different and kind of looks like a very serious anime so i was i didn't know what was going on at first i slowly started to understand as things progressed but this just like threw me off completely so the kids retreat to a park and uh they're actually using like real life locations here like it's real footage that the animation is superimposed on it's not all completely animated so this whole episode has a very unique look 
unlike anything else we see in the series. Yeah, that's for sure. So they retreat to a park and they inform Conan over the detective badge that he's a target. He asks for additional details and Mitsuhiko remembers them mentioning linking, omitting, and some other things. Genta says that's not important and asks where Conan is right now and Ayumi suggests that he should head to a police station. Conan suggests that it's a scenario conference which confuses the kids. Before Conan can properly tell them what's going on, the kids decide to follow the men to their underground hideout which happens to be the Tokyo Moving Building. This is just a weird setup. The, I, I I guess I'll just ask now, do you wish they just did a behind-the-scenes featurette, or do you prefer that they did, try to do this, like, <laughs> bad story element? Um, uh, I think I'd prefer just a straight-up behind-the-scenes kind of just, you know, showing us how, de- like, Detective Conan's filmed and... Or animated and dubbed and whatnot. Like, I don't know. I, I, I eventually got with the plot, I suppose. But I don't know. Maybe they were a little bit too... Like, they were adding too much stuff in there that shouldn't have been in there. I mean, I guess it was kind of cute that you saw it from the perspective of the detective boys. But I don't know. It was also a little patronizing because you had, like... The t- they they didn't know anything, and then Conan was just like, "Oh, this is what we call editing or something." Yeah, they also don't go like uh, I, you know, I guess first off, you only have seven minutes, and second off, like uh, you have this little story here, but they really don't go in depth on any aspect of the making of. So, like, if you go into this wanting to actually learn about how they make Conan, you're gonna come out of it pretty disappointed. But I do think it's it's kind of just a unique, fun little seven minutes that most people don't really know exists. You know, so like if you just take it as a bonus, I think it's fun enough. The kids sneak inside and find a man drawing at a desk. They sneak up on him and see sketches of a knife and a gun. Itsuhiko says that he's using the manga to polish his evil crime. That's what most criminals do, right? They create a manga of their uh, upcoming murder to plan it out. Well, that seems like what uh, Gosho Oyama does, or at least he consults with people who uh, have these kinds of ideas. It's, I guess, it's humorous in that uh, if it really happens like that, where you like have a boardroom and all these people just like talk about, you know, okay, how are we going to murder somebody this week? Then, uh, I mean, maybe that's what actually happens because I've, you know, mentioned it before how it's so interesting how like we keep getting these really unique um um murders and unique tricks and things like that and just seems like you know a powerhouse of creative ideas here over the badge Kenan informs them that the man is storyboarding the kids then find a picture of themselves and wonder if they're also targets Kinta is mad that his face is so plain looking and he touches up the drawing Mitsuhiko says that isn't a good idea, and the kids then have to flee after a woman yells at them and asks what they're doing. We then get to see the uh, touched-up version of the sketch, and uh, Genta made the drawing much worse than before. It's pretty funny. That that had to be my favorite part of this. The kids escape and find themselves outside a room called the Camera Studio. Mitsuhiko believes that they're making a murder film, and we see the studio using animation cells of Conan. They spot a man cutting and combining something, and Conan explains that they're editing by combining all of these separated films together. They ask Conan where he is now, and ask him to go to the police or to meet them there. Before they can get an answer from Conan, the kids are forced to run off as several adults are searching for them. They now find themselves outside and jump in back of an evil man's car in order to follow them. He then goes inside a recording studio, which the kids believe is another secret hideout. So, uh, the kids are just up to no good here. <laughs> just sneaking in cars. Mm-hmm. How did they even get to the first studio and underneath that desk? There's a lot of questions there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going to get any answers, I don't think. They see Conan's voice actor recording dialogue about escargot and talking about a murder investigation. Ayumi remarks that the woman's voice sounds just like Conan. We then see the rest of the detective boy's voice actors performing as well. The kids spot themselves on television and wonder where they were filmed. 
Ginta notes that the man sounds like him is reading from a book, and they see a man in the back that was in the underground hideout. This is kind of a probably the most entertaining scene, just seeing all the voice actors. Uh, we get to see Ginta's voice actor, and he's quite. It, oh, he's a. It's creepy. He's a piece of. <laughs> it's creepy. It's creepy to see that childish voice come from. A grown man. Sure. Yeah. Although I sent this video to Kyle and he said that Ginta's voice actor was sexy. And I guess we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> He's definitely talented. I mean, I haven't heard the guy's normal speaking voice, but I don't know. It, it's like when you actually see what the person looks like and that voice is coming, like that raspy Genta voice. It's just like, wow, that's that's some real acting there. The kids wonder what the voice actors are doing, but then they decide that it's not a murder crime, but rather just entertainment. Classic mix-up. <laughs> Conan chimes in that the voice actors are doing after recording, which is when you add in dialogue based on the film. They dub in the voice actor's voice after sound effects and background music has already been applied. Once it's finally completed, a first-proof preview is shown at a processing laboratory. The kids just kind of uh, warped magically to the uh, processing laboratory, and they're watching the preview. <laughs> yeah, they're not getting into random cars anymore. And they remark that they were worrying too much for nothing. However, the film stops, and the kids are yelled at for sneaking in. They run outside, and that's when we finally get to see Conan. And he says that he's been looking for them. They ask where he's been, and he says that he was investigating, and that a case only they can solve broke out. So they gotta go on the run. And that's it. Yeah, it's kind of an underwhelming uh, ending. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed seeing all the voice actors. I never, I don't think I ever really took the time to look up uh, what they looked like. Um, uh, I did find it interesting that they showed us all of them, like their faces, except for Conan's voice actress. Like for whatever reason, it was like cut off. Like you couldn't see her eyes. Like you could just see her mouth talking to the microphone so that was a little mysterious but whatever um but yeah it was fun seeing all of them uh and well especially genta's voice actor because i think he was the only guy there too so that was interesting that is strange that they don't show conan's voice actor because one she's part of two mix so it's not like she's a public image like it's not like she's some secretive person and she's i don't know if she's married to uh oyama by this time but she winds up marrying him so it is just very odd yeah maybe this is at like once they were starting to have problems and she's like i uh, don't want to be a part of this my bad they didn't marry until 2005 so we had a while okay all right maybe she was just shy i don't know uh so what do you think overall uh yeah i enjoyed it it, it wasn't it was short but sweet. Uh, like I said, I probably would have appreciated uh, just a standard behind the scenes just as much. But it was kind of, uh, you know, creative what they tried to do. And um, I hope that there are more of these. I'm not sure if you know whether there are or not. No, but there are some seven minute like uh, television commercials that we'll cover at some point. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're for the Woo line of televisions. All right. I'm up for that. We do have plenty of OVAs, although we will be trying to fit them in chronologically. Um, so, like, the year they debut at the very least. The first one is in 2000, so we will get to cover an OVA uh, pretty soon. We're, we're about the midway through or first half of 1999, so we still have a bit to go. But the first one is actually a crossover between Detective Conan, Kaito Kid, and Yaiba. So it's all three of uh, mm. Oyama's series. Yeah. Have you ever seen any of the yeah, so I, OVAs? So I saw that one. I think I'm, I might have seen three of them. Like This one I didn't see, so I didn't even realize that this was an OVA, but I definitely saw that crossover one that you just described, and I think I've seen two more of them. or Because th they always have something, like, really kooky happen. And I think in one of them, there was, like, detective boys um, 
but like a kanzai version of them or something and yeah so they're they're usually really fun oh there's one where uh not to get too deep but uh there uh conan wakes up one day and he's 10 years older so he's like shinichi's age but he's conan so you get to see the yeah. teenage uh detective boys there's a lot going on in that episode. yeah the, that one keeps popping up in my you know recommended for you to watch on youtube and i keep delaying watching it because i want to like build my way up to that but that is definitely on my radar yeah we won't get to that until we start covering 2009 episodes so oh geez <laughs> we got we got a decade worth of stuff before we get to there so uh let's move on to episode 140 sos the well, i guess i didn't give my opinions i don't know <laughs> go ahead everyone's dying to know what you thought i, I thought i thought this was a fine special like it's an enjoyable way to spend seven minutes but i feel like it does have a it's a bit of a missed opportunity just because it's kind of going in two directions of being behind the scenes and then also telling its own story and it doesn't really do a great job of either so you kind of just are stuck in the middle where (laughs) you get a very small glimpse into the process but not enough for it to actually be interesting and then like the story's cute, and there's a few little funny moments with the detective boys, but not enough of it. So it's kind of in a weird position, but uh, you know, it's just something to spend seven minutes on. It's fine, so I'm not going to complain too much. It's a nice little bonus. Yeah, you didn't feel like it was a waste of time. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I didn't feel that way either. I don't know if I'll watch it again anytime soon, but I'm I'm glad I did. So we'll move on to episode 140, SOS, Messages from Ayumi. This originally aired on April 12th, 1999. The hint going into this episode was clock. So remember that, Colleen. Okay, good to know. I did not know what the hint was going into it, so, like, news to me, I suppose. Kenan says, today Ayumi is in peril. True reasoning lies in silence. He's so deep. What a smart child. Damn straight he is. Yeah. The episode begins with the detective boys playing cards at Professor Gasa's house. And we get to see Mitsuhiko easily defeat Genta due to his awful poker face, which gives Conan a good laugh. And he says that with Genta's expressions, even a preschooler could beat him. Uh, so what what happens is each time they're... I don't, do you know what card game they were playing? Uh... I call it Old Maid. I don't know if there are other titles. Okay, yeah, yeah, Old Maid. So they have to pick the cards from each other, and Mitsuhiko will put over the his hand over the card that, like, Genta wants him to pick, so he gets real happy. And then if he p- puts it over the <laughs> other one, he's like, oh, no, no. And it's, like, all written on his face, so he's just terrible at that. Yeah, so, and, like, I don't know if everyone knows the rules, but basically you're trying to pick the card that's not... The, the old maid or the joker in this case because that means you would lose so that's why genta gets happy every time mitsuko uh, reaches for the old maid card right ayumi looks completely out of it and hibera declines playing as she would rather read a book genta remarks that books can't be friends and mitsuhiko <laughs> says she always acts so cool wow. i'm with mitsuhiko no choice but to stay in a uh, literary queen Yep, re- reading is a good thing. People should read more. Is that your common reading has brought you and High Bear together? No, definitely not. I enjoy children's card games as much as the next child. So. I think I would have been Conan in this situation. Mitsuhika asked Conan for an update on the burglary murder case from yesterday. And Conan says that the owner of a French restaurant called Lou Escargot was killed. That's what they were talking about in the behind-the-scenes episode prior. So we get that little... Ah, see? See the connection yeah, there? all comes back. Genta finds the name weird, so Conan explains that escargot is a snail used for cooking in France. Genta's shocked that snails are edible, and he then imagines snail rice before uh, grossing himself out. Would you eat snail rice? Mmm, I don't think so. Like, I've had escargot before, but uh, not with rice. How's that? 
it wasn't too bad. Um, it's pretty good if you put it in. I think I had it with like a buttered croissant or something like that. So it's not too bad. I'm I don't get grossed out. <laughs> I heard uh, Hillary Clinton once she said "Escar go to the polls." Oh, do you remember that when she said "Pokemon go to the polls"? No, yeah, <laughs> it, no. it was a pretty epic moment. Oh, probably why she lost. <laughs> she yeah. Yeah, in her, her failed 2016 run, she was like, I see everybody's playing Pokemon Go. How about you Pokemon Go to the polls? <laughs> that, that's kind of, I don't know if that's the lamest thing I've ever heard or, you know, the most brilliant as a Pokemon fan myself. So you can escargate to the polls, Colleen. Well, can I you, guess you can. So on the topic You're of- You're not allowed to vote. No, be voting I can't. Fraud. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, sorry, I can't help anybody out here. Um, but have you ever seen, since we're on the talk of Pokemon and presidential <laughs> figures, um, there's like this video compilation, I guess you could call it, of um, one of Obama's speeches, and they compare it to the lyrics of a song from one of the Pokemon movies. Herman Cain, uh, who just died... Um, he actually referenced one of the Pokemon films, uh, the, the, uh, songs from the Pokemon film. Well, there you I go. I don't know if that's what you're thinking of, but it might be Obama too. But. Maybe. I think, what song was it? It was, I think it was The Power of One. Yeah, yeah, Maybe that's Herman Cain. It that song yeah. too. Oh, okay. I thought it was, a, okay. Yeah, he yeah. just died. But anyways, it's pretty entertaining. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, he was kind of an awful person. It's, it's so like the... The irony here <laughs> is that he died from the coronavirus, and then his Twitter account is still being used to spread a, like, uh, coronavirus hoax, like, news and stuff. So it's just, uh, it's okay. really baffling. But, uh, enough, enough politics to talk on our Detective Cannon podcast. <laughs> yeah, leave that for Kyle and you. I'm not really into politics. So, Conan mentions that he overheard Inspector Megary and Kogoro talking last night that the burglar broke into the owner's room in the afternoon and killed him while he was sleeping. As Highbearer points out, that means the burglar thought nobody was home when they broke in. Conan agrees and says that the victim was bound and killed by a knife. Conan mentions that the killer needed to know the location of items, such as money, and then killed the victim as he left. Highbearer suggests that the murder was to ensure the criminal's identity would remain a secret. Mitsuhiko calls the murderer evil, and that this isn't a case for the detective voice. We never see them back down from something before, so this is a bit bit out of character to me. What, what did you think about this? Well, leave it to Mitsuhiko to be the one to be like, nah, never mind. I mean, he's probably more busy trying to, like, lurk in bathrooms. That's his new hobby, right? I mean, that's what he says. <laughs> I want to put words like, in his mouth. I am mouth. far too busy to go on these silly detective boys' investigations. I need to go find bathrooms to sit in and watch people. I cannot go to the, <laughs> to the crime scene because I must go to the women's bathroom. Yep. Thank you, Mitsuhiko. I don't deal with evil murderers. <laughs> I do not deal with evil murderers. <laughs> Gasa then chimes in saying that children shouldn't be discussing murder cases and that they shouldn't get involved. He then says they should discuss children's <laughs> topics like dreams instead. Uh, okay, <laughs> so two points. Where has Agasa been for the last 140 episodes? <laughs> like, this is all about children discussing murders. And then secondly, I love how he's like, children's topics, like dreams. <laughs> As if, you know, adults can't have dreams. <laughs> oh, they don't. I haven't had a dream since I was 12, Colin. Oh. <laughs> I guess you've been discussing murder too much. Well, yeah, I do a Detective Cannon podcast. This is a mistake. <laughs> it was a mistake. The moment that you started this, well, even before you started it, you lost all your dreams. It's true. Once I found anime, no more dreams. <laughs> Ayumi then asks Agasa if he has throat medicine, and he examines her, noting that her throat is swollen, 
and that she has a fever. Ginta suggests that she eats some ill with rice if she has the flu, and Kanan suggests that they drive her home to get some rest. Would you eat ill with rice if you were sick, Colleen? That doesn't sound like good medication. Mm, I don't know. I So the thing is, there's this cough syrup that I use, and I think there's a component of it that's like eel or some sort of eel oil. Oh, so... so there, like, Genta might have something here. But uh, I don't oh, wow. know. He he just kind of suggests eel and rice for everything. Like that's kind of his go-to problem solver. So I don't know <laughs> if it will work for her sore throat or if it will work for you know just making her less hungry. Well, Genta is certain that it does. And at the next day of school, Ayumi's missing, and Genta's like, "Man, why did she not eat that eel with rice? What is wrong with her?" <laughs> that's right. I prescribed it to her. Hybera asks Conan if he's worried and finds it hard to believe his compassion. Ayumi's mother leaves the house to run some errands and tells her daughter to rest up. She then falls asleep and the phone rings multiple times, but she doesn't answer it. We then see a man at a payphone enter the apartment building and he tells a woman named Yaiga that he has her package. He goes up to the 30th floor and then rings Ayumi's doorbell multiple times. Ayumi believes that it's her mother, and she's about to open the door, when the door becomes partially unlocked by the man who used a uh, pick to pick the lock. Ayumi realizes that her mother wouldn't have chimed the bell, and she looks through the peephole to see the burglar. So this is quite the uh, the scary scene here. Have you ever had a home invasion, Colleen? No, no. Uh, it's the... Not a, not until, like, some mad High Bear fan breaks in. Oh, yeah, to try and get get back at me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm living in fear every day. Well, you know who that, that burglar's gonna be? Me. <laughs> I was just like, no, I'm so sorry that you had to give the punchline <laughs> too early. You're, you're not a crazed High Bear fan. Well, we'll see. We'll see throughout. Uh, we'll see what you say about her. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> what do you think about this burglar? He seems like a a creepy dude, uh, and it, you're supposed to believe that. Oh, it's... really? I thought he was a stand-up guy. Well, you know, we had that compassionate murderer <laughs> last time out, so maybe we'll have the compassionate oh, yeah. burglar. Yeah. Well, I mean, he either uh, got a job as a delivery guy or you know, offered to deliver this woman's package to this building. So he's trying out, you know, this good deed. I mean, the real crime here is this Yaiga woman didn't get her package th- throughout the entire episode. So um, if that's, you know, his one fault, then we should pin him for that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> all joking aside, I guess. Um, yeah, it was a pretty scary setup. Like, Ayumi's home alone. She's in what were they in preschool kindergarten i don't know i think it's a little too she's a little too young to be home alone but i don't know maybe that's just different cultural standards well she's supposed to just be home alone for like an hour as her mom does some errands real quick so it's not like she's gonna be home all day alone okay but note how the mom does not return well and at any point (laughs) We don't even see her face, really. She had a lot of errands to do. <laughs> oh, so you're defending the women now. Well, I'm just saying. She already leaves her kids <laughs> to, like, go into crime scenes nonstop. So I think we can go for other parenting issues if we want. I think I don't think this is yeah. the worst thing she's done. <laughs> she lets them camp with eccentric scientists exactly (laughs) so ayumi decides to call the police but the phone falls out of her hand onto the floor just as the burglar enters he notices the step stool that ayumi used to look through the peephole and then spots the phone on the floor believing somebody's in the house the man enters ayumi's room and opens her closet where some clothing is sticking out however it's just a t-shirt and ayumi is hidden safely under the bed instead Ayumi believes that the burglar is the same one that killed the French restaurant owner and wonders what she should do. 
Back at the school, the detective boys decide to visit Ayumi once school ends, as she'll be glad to see them. However, Highbearer points out that girls hate to be seen when they don't look their cutest, especially by the boys that they like, so Ayumi might be embarrassed. Now, Colleen, I'm glad we have the female perspective here. <laughs> Would you not want Shinichi to see you while you're sick? Um, hmm. It's a good, good question, uh, considering he's an anime character. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, like, I, I suppose I see the point here. Like, if it's a crush, then I probably would be a little bit uh, embarrassed or bashful. But I don't know. At this point, I'm just kind of like, whatever. <laughs> like, I've given up all hope. Hiberia says that she's just joking and that primary school girls probably won't care. Jalissa's a grown from Mitsuhiko and Genta who say that she's a primary school girl as well. So we get a very, this is usually uh, a joke at Conan is, at Conan's expense. So it's fun to see it done at Hiberia mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. <laughs> the kids then receive a transmission from Ayumi, but she can't speak due to her sore throat. Instead, they hear a keyboard and then a voice say that it's the 5th and 10.30 a.m. Genta recognizes it as the common Yaiba clock that a gossip bought for all the kids. Mitsuhiko wonders why Yumi isn't talking, and Hybera explains that she might not be able to. Conan asks Ayumi if she can speak and tells her to tap once on the badge for yes and tap twice for no. Ayumi taps once, and Mitsuhiko suggests that she must just be bored. <laughs> Conan says something is odd, as the clock was five minutes late and today's date isn't the fifth. He asks Ayumi if something is wrong, and the kids hear two taps, so that means no. Having decided that she was just bored, the kids get back to their music class as the bell rings. We then see the burglar standing over Ayumi with the badge in his hand, and he can't believe that a child has such technology on her. So it's very, very spooky when he has, he's captured Ayumi and has the badge, so she has no way to communicate. Seems things are pretty bad here. Yeah, things seem to have taken a turn for the worse. It's really ominous when he's just looming over her like that. Like, originally when he didn't get her in the closet and she was under the bed, I was like, okay, this guy obviously doesn't know what he's doing because, you know, under the bed is the first place you should look, but... Um, he eventually found her. Do you have and I don't... Do, you, do you have experience <laughs> of home invasions? No, I don't. Um, I just would think that that's where one would look <laughs> under the bed. Okay. I mean, I don't blame him for, or I don't blame. I don't. I'm not surprised that he found her eventually because that friggin' Kaiman Yaiba clock was pretty loud. Yeah, definitely. The kid's teacher, Kabayashi, reminds them that there's a music concert contest next month, and she encourages the class to play the piano. Hibera asks Conan if he's worried about Ayumi, and she says that she is. So we get the rare, rare moment of Hibera feeling compassion here. She she cares about the kids, Colleen. Sure. <laughs> what do you mean, sure? <laughs> You're probably like, oh, it's so sweet that Conan cares about the little children. He'll make a great father one day. <laughs> And then, like, High Bear is, does the same thing, and you're like, ew. The day... <laughs> just the day before, she was like, I don't play cards with you, children. I'm gonna read this book like a snooty person. It was probably a good book. Not to say that snooty people are the only ones that read books. That's not what I'm trying to say here. High Bear points out the melody Ayumi played sounded familiar and says it was me, me, Ray, de Ray. Conan thinks about the incorrect date and time, and then Kobayashi plays a song on the piano that has the same melody. Hibera then figures out the code, tells Conan that it meant Snell. So, what do you think about your favorite character, Hibera, figuring out the code before <laughs> Conan did? Yeah, I mean, like, there was a little bit of a pang of disappointment that it wasn't Conan first, but um, knowing that Shinichi's tone deaf... I guess it would be out of character for Conan to figure out a musical clue, so uh, props to Hybera for that one. Conan then calls out and immediately tells the teacher to call the police as Ayumi is in danger, and then he just bells. He just runs out of class. That was the funniest thing ever. Like, imagine that happening in a real-life situation. <laughs> teacher, call the police! Then he just dashes. <laughs> She's just like, no, we have to practice for the concert. 
So it kind of walks through what High Bear figured out. The musical notes correspond to 33212, which somehow turns into Snell through <laughs> Japanese magic. Japanese magic. I'm going to use that from now well, on. Did you explain this? Not kanji. Did you understand Japanese this magic. <laughs> oh, of course. Because I was looking at the kanji. It didn't, it didn't seem like it became Snell. I wasn't seeing Snell. It was so obvious. <laughs> And uh, that was a reference to Lou Escargot, the French restaurant. Meanwhile, the alarm clock was also in reference to the burglar. Conan wishes for Ayumi to be alright as he continues to run. And High Bear explains. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing about Japanese magic, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Conan wishes for Ayumi to be alright as he continues to run. While High Bear explains the situation to Kobayashi and convinces her to call the police. Shockingly, Conan just yelling, call the police, did not convince the teacher <laughs> to call the police. Yeah, well, this is before she's the manager of the of their little group, right? So yeah. she doesn't yet understand that Conan's word is law here. Kenta and Mitsuhiko decide to run out of the class as Kobayashi calls, and an out-of-breath Conan worries if he's running out of time. Finally, Genta and Mitsuhiko go in, get into action because Mitsuhiko the entire time's like, "Nah, she's just bored. Nah, we're not gonna go do this." Where did Highbearer go? I checked the woman's bathroom and she wasn't there. <laughs> Conan then remembers that the murderer only killed the owner as he was leaving, so he does believe that he might have some time. We then see the burglar complaining that Ayumi's household only has 75,000 yen in it, and that there's nothing valuable in this expensive apartment. He says it's time to leave, and the tied-up Ayumi is clearly frightened. However, the phone rings and the voicemail kicks in. It's the voice of none other than Professor Gasa. He says that he's going to drop by and repay the 5 million yen that he borrowed the other day. He says that he collected the money for his invention, and says that he'll be there shortly. What did you think? Of, did you th first off? Did you think it was actually a Gasa? And what do you think about this uh, little smart tactic here to lure the uh, burglar to stay put? Yeah, sure. Um, so I absolutely did not think it was a Gasa, <laughs> um, and like I knew for certain it was Conan. I was a little surprised, I guess, that he just. And maybe this made more sense. I thought he was maybe like still running while he was doing this, but he like stopped at a payphone to call. So I guess he was really estimating on having enough time before potentially the burglar killed Ayumi. Um, but yeah, I think this is a pretty good diversion tactic. The burglar asks Ayumi if the man that called is her grandfather, and she nods her head yes. He says that he can't miss out on 5 million yen, and we then see Conan arrive in her apartment building. He uses his bow tie to trick the burglar into letting him in, and we then see the man wield his expandable baton as he hopes to take Agasa out by surprise. Ayumi is extremely worried about Agasa's safety, and then the bell to her apartment rings. Conan comes in with a soccer ball in his hand, and the burglar asks where the old man is. Conan says it's always been him talking and asks the burglar if he knows how painful a soccer ball can be when you get hit by one. Have you ever been hit by a soccer ball, Colin? Um, yeah, but not with, like, super-powered shoes or anything. It was just, like, a regular hit. <laughs> so I probably can't talk. How about you? Have you ever sustained any injuries from soccer balls or any type of other ball, I suppose? No, and, and like... You're meant to be able to, like, head soccer balls, so they normally don't hurt that much. But, you know, they're not super powered, like you, like you're saying. Yeah. So Conan sits down, he powers up his shoes, and he kicks the man in the face. However, he's wearing a helmet, and just his helmet gets knocked off, and he falls to the ground. Conan unties Ayumi, and then she has a look of terror on her face as she sees the burglar get back up as the kick didn't knock him out thanks to the helmet. So what do you think about this little scene here where uh conan's kick wasn't enough to put him out yeah it was um not uh what we usually expect because you know conan can kick a can with his superpower shoes and like takes out three guys with it um so it's kind of interesting that the first time we see it i guess quote unquote fail is in a anime original 
because the guy happened to be wearing a helmet. Like you'd think that that would come have like um, come across in the show before, but maybe it has, and I just can't recall. Oh, I, I didn't know you already knew it was an AMA original. I wanted to play the uh, Kyle guessing game with you. Oh, the game. <laughs> okay, we can we can do that. Oh yeah. Okay, Colleen, do you think it's an anime <laughs> original or a manga case? Hmm. Well, if I were Kyle, I would probably say this is a manga case. Guaranteed. <laughs> because I'm Kyle, and I always get those wrong. He does. He's a very stupid man. <laughs> that's not. That's not even true. He just. I don't know. He has a fifty-fifty shot, and he always goes for the wrong fifty. Burglar says he can't forgive the child and goes to attack him. When Mitsuhiko and Genta arrive, they tell the man that they're the detective boys and Kenan tells them both to run. However, they duck down and High Bear appears with a fire extinguisher. And she fires it right into the eyes of the man and then the kids tackle him. I like how the soccer ball was supercharged soccer ball couldn't take him out. But like two kids somehow <laughs> just knock him out <laughs> by tackling him. Yeah. And the... The foam from the fire extinguisher. <laughs> they declare that the detective boys have won as a relieved Conan looks on. So what do you think about this epic conclusion? Mitsuhika helped out. High Bear had the shining moment <laughs> with the fire extinguisher. A lot of action here. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to see them all come together to rescue Ayumi. Because um, it's sort of like... Uh, it's very exemplary of how, you know, Conan always rushes in and he wants to save the day and the detective boys are always, like, grumbling about that. But in this one, like, Genta and Mitsuhiko just, like, follow along and they they make it there just in time uh, to sort of uh, wrap up what Conan wasn't able to finish in a way because Conan was in just as much danger at that point as Ayumi was. So, yeah, it was nice to see them rally together and Hibera, like, popping up with that, like, epic smirk on her face and using the fire extinguisher. Like, it was, it was neat. And it was, like, one of those really comedic kind of, okay, a bunch of kids are going to, you know, tackle the adult kind of Home Alone style with, like, just random household objects. I mean, there wasn't an, too much of that, but it kind of had that vibe. After the ending song, Professor Gasa remarks that Ayumi has fully recovered from her sore throat. Mitsuhiko then says that he can't believe that the burglar that targeted Ayumi's house wasn't the one involved in the murder case. Genta reveals that the murderer was caught in Yokohama. Turns out that the burglar that uh, was with Ayumi had no intentions of harming her, as he believed that her testimony wouldn't be accepted in court. I don't know how much you can believe that, though. That sounds like a guy trying to lessen his charges. He's like, oh, I was never going to hurt the kids. Come on. Why would I do that? Oh, totally. That was, um, like, I, I didn't believe that for one second. <laughs> I mean, uh, the whole, um, because I think, isn't that, Con I think Conan says, like, Megary said that, but obviously the guy, like, Megary would only know that from the yeah. interrogation, so I'm I'm with you. I, I, I think it was a lie. Mitsuhika then mentions that the burglar attacked Conan and he deserves to be charged. Then, uh, this seemed a bit out of character to me. Although I get, I get where he's coming from. But Professor Gossa gets really agitated and he calls the kids idiots and he asks them, what, what do you mean by deserves to get charged? You think this person that broke into Ayumi's house and almost killed her deserves to go get locked up? Ah! Like, what are you even talking about, you, you old man? Yeah. Like, doesn't this. Like, he knows the guy I know. or something. Doesn't this seem out of character? Oh, yeah. Like, where's that overprotective, I don't know, fatherly figure, grandfatherly figure that always goes camping with them? And they're and he's like, oh, be careful, kids. And kids shouldn't talk about murder. And now he's just like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he should be. I, I don't know. I, I think Agasa uh, should be a little bit more on their side, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get where he's coming from just trying to keep them. He wants them to be safe. So I get, like, he's probably a bit on edge after how close Ayumi was into trouble. But this didn't stem from them, you know, like, getting up to no good. If anything, they helped her and saved the day, you know? So it does seem just a bit odd. Yeah. 
Augustus says that he's glad he overheard this conversation and tells him to wait for the police to arrive next time and to leave it to them. Ginta says it'll be done next time, and Augustus is shocked at how receptive they are to his message. The kids go to play in the swing set, and Conan asks if they really understand. Augustus tells Shinichi that his message was to him, too, as no matter his intelligence, he still looks like a boy to others. Agasa is then interrupted by Ayumi, who thanks him for calling her house the other day, as the criminal would have gotten away otherwise. He then sees the smirk on Conan's face, and tells him that it's okay to imitate his voice, but not as a grandfather. He then says that if he had grandchildren like the detective boys, then his life would truly be complete, and he enjoys watching them all play on the swing set. Then Lolly says, Come on, let Grandpa push you! And, uh... <laughs> walks over to the swing set to play with the kids. And High Baron and Cannon are both very, very entertained, and so was I. I thought this was hilarious. And uh, Cannon has a big zinger yeah. here. He's like, well, if Agasa wants grandchildren, he should probably just get married first. He's a few steps away, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm sorry to say, but at this point, I, like, Agasa's not going to be able to push his grandkids on a swing set if, you know, he's with his track record. He might not see his grandkids. Hey. He's, uh, he can, uh, can you adopt grandchildren? <laughs> I guess. This is basically sure. what he's done with the detective boys. You can adopt them, or Agasa could marry somebody who already has grandkids. There you go. Insta grandkids. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so what do you think about this, uh, whole episode? Yeah, um, it was, I, I thought it was like an easy watch. Uh, it wasn't too complicated like there's one little code then it's just like you know it, it it took like what 30 seconds to explain it so there wasn't a lot of mystery involved it was more of the rescue part and um it, it was nice to see ayumi shine uh in that department a little bit uh like she was the one who came up with the, the musical code so uh it was kind of nice to see her think on her feet like that um but yeah, other than that, I don't really have much to say about it. It was just, it was an enjoyable watch. Like the stakes were sort of medium to high-ish, I guess, in certain parts. And uh, yeah, it was just pretty entertaining and had some few um, comedic highlights with like Genta playing the card game and the stuff with Agasa. So yeah, overall, pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, so the creepy part in the behind the scenes where Genta voice actor gets like, really into it it's when ginta's going to the swing set so i put that together i rewatched that part after this episode and then i was like ah oh. so that's what he means by that but i agree there's a okay. lot of funny moments uh it's a very light watch like you said there's it's not like mystery heavy it's not like there's some giant mystery to solve really although there is that code like you mentioned but it's solved via japanese magic so like the uh english speaking watcher <laughs> doesn't have much to solve um I think there's a few like small character inconsistencies which really make it obvious that it's a anime original. But uh other than that, I think it's a really fun episode. Uh, you know, I like it's a real light, fun, uh Detective Boys episode. I feel like there's you can't get wrong with that. And I think it's a formula that works and we've had the kids having to, like, rescue Ayumi before. But this put a different spin on it. You know, she was at her home and somebody came, you know, to her place. And I thought it was different enough from anything else we've seen. So I thought it was a pretty refreshing watch. Yeah. And again, the true crime was that that woman never got her package. Amen to that. Uh, and the next Conan's hint is Pendant. And it looks like we have a, a Tory episode, a two-parter, next time. So, <gasps> Ooh. But... We're not rec that won't be our next episode. And Shinichi. Because No. What are we doing next time? We are covering movie three. We're doing movie three of the last wizard of the century. We'll we'll be joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Spencer. We'll be back. Our movie co host. Yeah. It's become sort of like a, a theme. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. Do you have any when's the last time you saw The Last Wizard of the Century? Oh jeez. Um it's been a, a good few years. I think I'm I'm excited cuz obviously the the um sort of highlight of that movie is Kaido Kid. So it'll be great to see him again. 
even though we just saw him not too long ago in that mystery lovers three-parter but uh, this is like a whole feature-length movie with him in it so more kaido kid to enjoy can you imagine how exciting it must have been as a as a like a conan loving kid in japan at this time you watch this episode on april 12th and just five days later you have a whole movie to watch and then just like two days later you have a hattori case like man what a great time to be alive yeah definitely I kind of um, wish that I was able to live that excitement sort of as things aired originally. But, uh, hey, we, we, we're we doing what we can with this rewatch. Well, all you have to do is get caught up on the anime and then you can wait the <laughs> excruciating long time for, like, new content to come out. Yeah, actually, on second thought, no. I'd, I'd rather just <laughs> go out of my own pace. <laughs> so we have that excitement next time. So movie three. I want to thank everybody for watching. You can get in touch at case underscore reopened on Twitter. Uh, so feel free to get in touch if you want. Love hearing from the fans. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Amazon Music, and all kinds of different uh, distribution platforms. So make sure to subscribe if you enjoy it. And give us a review. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you next time with the movie. Yeah, and thanks for still listening to us. What do you mean, still listening to us? We're <laughs> entertainment du jour. Oh, look at you this and your French. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Du jour means. <laughs> uh, oh, food of a restaurant being served on this day. Yeah, that made no sense in context. <laughs> but uh, Probably shouldn't have looked that up, but uh, I did. Escargot du jour. <laughs> There you go. How about that? <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. That's just like Japanese magic. French magic. All right. We'll be back next week with a movie. Goodbye. Bye. And remember, when truth always prevails.